Hey, kid. I don't know, man. Do ritual sacrifices really mean anything anymore? Uh, seems kind of, like, kind of be problematic. We don't, seems like a cultural thing. Supposedly they're happening all over the place, but I just don't feel it. You ready to talk some movies, Brennan? Yeah, okay. Well, let's go! Welcome to the Corrupted Youth Podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Brennan. We're a father and son duo that explores the latest blockbusters, classic genre films, and the schlockiest of golden age VHS rental store flicks in spoiler-heavy fashion. Welcome to part two of Summer Slasher Camp. It's <laughs> <laughs> my slasher <laughs> Summer Slasher Camp, the continuation of our movie experience that was selected by our listeners. This one was selected by Pete from Good Beer, Bad Movie Night. And the name of this one is Mardi Gras Massacre, which neither one of us have viewed before. Fun. <laughs> Summer Slasher Camp. Welcome back. We did go camping, I suppose. We did. Yeah. No slashers, thankfully. No, zero slashing going on. It did rain, though, mm-hmm. which is totally par for the course. And you beat me at Battleship. I did beat you at Battleship mm-hmm. in the middle of a storm. Mm-hmm. It was pretty dramatic. It really was. I yeah. could barely hear you. The rain was so loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I beat you at chess, though. You did. So we're on, like, equal par. No, I think you're higher equal up. Equal strategic you beat, footing. You, you beat me at chess. Yeah, but you beat me at Battleship. <laughs> Battleship's a little less strategic. Whatever you say, man. <laughs> also, for anybody who uh, might have been a little off-put by the intro from last month's episode, that was just Sheriff Liggett. <laughs> I threw the clip of him in at the end, so if you don't listen to the episode all the way through past the trail end of the theme song at the end of the podcast, I had the actual clip <laughs> from the movie in there because that guy just cracked me off. Yeah. But I did catch a little heat from your mom on that. Because we don't talk that way. No, we don't. We really don't. <laughs> and it's, it is kind of a, we already have a somewhat, I wouldn't say problematic opening, but it certainly is just a weird decision we have made initially that we just keep going. <laughs> yeah. It's easy. We don't have to think up a new intro. We just know a little skit to do. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Sometimes it just makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but we would make it fun. Yeah, we do. So. If you've got a problem, please do not write into corrupted <laughs> at gmail.com. All right, should we just kind of get into this? I suppose so. Mardi Gras Massacre is from 1978. You won't forget that. <laughs> the movie definitely will let you know. So, according to IMDb, police try to capture someone who is committing ritual murders of women during Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Most of that is correct. <laughs> it is directed by Jack Weiss, written by Jack Weiss, and stars Kurt Dawson, Gwen Arment, William Metzo, 
Laura Michonne's. Nobody has pictures on IMDb. <laughs> oh, so wow. wow. I'm yeah. surprised that I went that far with it. Um, no pictures. The director, Jack Weiss, he directed a couple movies, like other horror movies. And this is one of the last things he directed. Thank except, God. except in 2008, what? he directed. <laughs> Yes, he did actually direct something else 30 years later. What did he direct? Um, it was a live concert for Melissa Etheridge. Who's that? Well, she was famous for a little bit, but she had a couple hit songs in the 90s. She really got the top director she could find. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hope there are some really weird hard cuts in that, too. <laughs> But that's it for uh, IMDb. It's not really much to go over in that. That live recording is probably just like the stage crew getting everything ready for like 45 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) You get to see a little bit of the concert at the end. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We were joking around while watching this. I called it real time the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because (laughs) there's some good parts on this where it just not not being edited yeah not (laughs) at all you're just watching things as they just happen i guess you could probably get this movie down to half an hour you you probably could yes um one might say that the director was really going for a sense of realism Mm. he really wanted to bring you in right and hold you there right and make you feel like yeah this is exactly how i order food at a restaurant so I shuffle around and take off my jacket, hang it up. <laughs> I'm surprised we didn't have to see the dude shave the whole time. <laughs> oh, he doesn't shave. He did. He was shaving in one part. He was? Yeah. And I'm surprised we didn't get to watch all of the shaving. Hey, Brennan. Hey, me. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get the trailer in. Oh, yeah. So uh, let's fire up the Summer Slasher Camp trailer machine. <laughs> Mardi Gras, masks, and murder. The Mardi Gras Massacre. Beautiful women are dying, and so are the New Orleans cops. As they battle a bloodthirsty madman, a masked monster, Mardi Gras Massacre. Wow, what a trailer. Mm -hmm. So great. I'm glad you actually watched one for a change what do you mean i watch them like all the time like every time <laughs> anyway all right so we know this is really going to be a banger by the title screen oh yeah that was so confusing what was even happening you had could, a theory on so, it so so it, it says mardi gras massacre right underneath massacre there's like blood i'm guessing it's like little like blood drops or something blobs blobs and then there was also <laughs> Um, there's like a little bit of like blood in between the M and then like on the bottoms of the S's, it was really weird, but that was it. It was not, it it just looked really weird. And then you could see movement like a title screen usually is like, you know, just a static image. Yeah. But this, it, it looked like they made it in real life and they were shooting it and the black wasn't, it was either transparent or it was reflective because you could see like movement like in a it. person like a person there. moving yeah I, I thought it was gonna like fade into the movie or something right yeah just nothing <laughs> nothing it was so strange 
So this movie starts off and we've we get Sam the bartender. Yeah. Who's talking to a couple of sex workers. That's how I'm going to prefer to describe them. The term hooker is used a lot in prostitute, but sex worker, I think, is the more. It's been more classy. Yes. And like the respectful. Yeah. Because, you know, it's work. Yeah. And there's a whole lot of sex workers in this. Pretty much every woman. Yep. Either you're a sex worker or a waitress, I think. And that's it. <laughs> so they're they're just like chatting it up, and then we've we get the creepy John that comes in. Are you familiar with that term? Creepy John? John. No, just John. No. As being like the person who gets the sex from the sex worker. No. I'm not term. familiar with sex working terms. Oh. Well back then, yeah. So that's that's all I wrote down in my notes is like creepy John or killer because he he goes unnamed. We don't yeah. even know anything yeah. about this guy. This this creepy John guy asks one of them. He, he's like, I want your most evil woman. This guy, totally creepy from the word go. Yeah. He's just bug-eyed. He's like playing it off. Very awkward. Yes. And I don't know. I mean, I guess they probably come across just weird, awkward, creepy dudes a lot mm-hmm. in their work. Oh, yeah. This guy definitely red flags. Yeah, especially <laughs> how much money he was offering up to. But that's the thing, though. It's the money, mm-hmm. you know. People might be willing to overlook some red flags for money. Yeah. Which is a damn shame. So then we go to this John's apartment, and he has his... Which his apartment consists of two rooms, apparently. It's very confusing. It is some empty room with, like, a small table. Yeah. And a couple of chairs. And then his weird sacrifice sex dungeon room. Yeah. Where he has a special bed, as he calls it. Not much of a bed. No. It looks like a weird massage table. Yeah. And it looks like it was shot on, like, the the local theater's, like, stage. <laughs> it does. Like the, <laughs> it just has a very set feel to it. Yeah, it's a big red curtain. Yeah, very stagey. Yeah. But um, this is where we get our, our first first thing of boobs of full, many full frontal nudity too mm-hmm. full nudity yeah. in this movie not really shying away from much in this and um yeah that's 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 it <laughs> we'll just bring it up but i don't want to get too into it yeah it's a lot <laughs> yeah and um so then he comes out and, the, and he's wearing like this aztec outfit he's got like a mask because he's always like oh i must go change i'll be in the other room getting ready i'll be right back i think we're nailing this <laughs> we got this guy down but yeah he comes out and then it's like he oils the woman down then he ties her down and he does his ritual killing which consists of stabbing the hand that took the money and then cutting the foot he had a reason for that i don't know foot stuff yeah oh yeah he starts it off with like nicking the chest too just to mm-hmm. let him know like this this knife is totally real. <laughs> but the whole time this is happening, there is some funky music playing. Mm-hmm. And it becomes a theme of the movie of just music being played almost over the talking. Yeah, over any audio. There'll be no audio for the scene and it'll just be music sometimes. Which I didn't mind. It. There's a lot of good funky 70s music in this. There is. And definitely like some great bass lines going on. Yeah. So then we have a scene where a body is being retrieved from some railroad tracks. It's safe to assume it is the woman we just saw because 
in my mind, I kept trying to overcomplicate this movie and tried to make the movie smarter by guessing what was going to happen. And you called me out for it. You just assume I just assumed the movie would be stupid, that it wouldn't try to do anything creative or inventive. Like when we saw the killer, you're like, oh, maybe that's not the killer. And I was like, that would be kind of cool, right? Like red herring, because of course you'd think it'd be this guy. He's all like weird and stuff. Oh, oh actual killer. Totally the killer. Yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough, though, that when they cut to the cops, they just naturally assume it's a ritualistic killing. Yeah. Well, I mean, she did have her heart ripped out. Sure. I mean, I guess. But I mean, I don't know. Oh, let's talk about how that happens, too. Yeah. Because it happens every time. And they obviously made like some type of casting of each actress. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's just like their naked torso that gets cut open and reached into. And like we said before in real time, it's just a whole lot of like, they just drag it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's not, not that sharp of a knife. It looks like that skin is pretty rubbery. <laughs> it's also, it, it is pretty gruesome. Though. It is pretty good. That. And yeah. The first time they showed it because they, they were smart enough to show it in a way that you wouldn't suspect it. Yeah. It's like, Oh, it's just a close up. Mm -hmm. And there is, they'll, they'll make, They'll move it. Yeah, like it's breathing. Mm -hmm. So I could see where that would be like, whoa, especially, you know, grainy in the 70s. Yeah, I thought it was fake right away. Yeah, it, it, it's obviously off, but it's at least It's painted. pretty good. No, it's done well. Yeah, it, it's painted pretty decent, too. Yeah. Where there is almost a degree of, you could be fooled by it, I I'm sure suppose. they just loved making those. <laughs> oh, that there was a guy back in Merrill who sold... It was casts of different women. So it would be like, I cast their butt or their boobs. And then like, I made a thing out of it and I just paint it weird colors. And I'm going to call myself an artist and there's an art to it. Like I could see if it would, it, where it could qualify as art. Yeah. But this guy was just so sleazy where uh. it was definitely not about the art for him. That was secondary. He just wanted a bunch of casts of boobs and butts and stuff. It's very Meryl. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> just made me think of that. Yeah. So the cops start doing cop work, which doesn't happen very often in this movie. And they interview uh, bartender Sam that we met earlier. And the one cop, because the, the girl, Shirley, who left with the evil guy, the killer, the money she was paid, she left with the bartender and this cop just pockets it, which seemed kind of odd. Yeah. But I thought maybe they were taking it as evidence. That's what I was thinking, too. And so then they talk to Sherry, not to be confused with Shirley from earlier. Don't don't be naming your yeah. characters similar names like that. There's a million other names you could pick. Janet. There you go. Barb. Brenda. Lisa. Tammy. Gorak. <laughs> Gorak the Conqueror. I am the most evil in this bar. <laughs> but yeah, so Sherry. Sherry is the sex worker who's currently not dead. <laughs> and um, she says, um, in regards to the Johns, that they all look the same. Which I suppose, you know, whatever. But she does remember... A ring. You had a fancy, weird ring on. Which, they show the ring, but they never show a close-up. Nope. 
you it honestly it doesn't look that special it doesn't maybe that's why they didn't do a close-up also the 70s everybody's wearing gold rings and stuff yeah <laughs> they love jewelry so cop one i have it on here um his name's frank we find that later on mm-hmm. uh frank decides he's gonna take sherry out to dinner and this might this might be one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah, this scene is awesome. Please describe this scene. Okay, so they're they're eating dinner, and well, one there's the first there's the waitress that shows up. She's not even facing the screen. Yeah, you never see her face. You do. You do a little. A bit, little bit. A little, bit, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and she she knew Frank. Apparently. Apparently. And they just get into this conversation about how, how they, a little bit of catching up. And then they order their stuff, and then the scene proceeds. Like real time. Real time. Ordering stuff. Yeah. Just, uh, thinking about what, what, what should I get? You know, like it, it's <laughs> ridiculous. And then I forget exactly what side, but there's commotion at the table next to them. I think the B word gets called out. Yeah. I think it's like an F U. Yeah. And <laughs> then, and then dude gets up and, because it's a man and two women yeah man the man gets up and grabs one of the women and like whining back like slaps her like right across the face right on the ground my mind just exploded so out of nowhere so the cop gets up and you know kudos to this guy is having none of it frank grabs the guy and like throws him up against the wall and then one of the other ladies that that the dude was with gets up grabs a bottle and goes to hit frank but now frank's like the the sex worker that he was having dinner with jumps in and starts attacking her whole thing it's a really bizarre altercation that just comes out of nowhere yeah and it's so awkward too like like at one point frank throws the the one girl like over his chair (laughs) and then makes the the dude causing all the commotion is sit down in his chair and then they all then he, they all just leave. Yeah, he, he just, just tells, tells them to like, get go, out. Pay your bill and and go. Yeah. But you know what? That's that's it. Sherry's like throwing down after that yeah. because it just cuts to Frank relaxing shirtless in bed. And then Sherry comes out in a nightgown and she's like, I told you I owed you one and this is the one I owe you. Yeah. And it, she's wearing like this nightgown. It made me think of Manos, the Hands of Fate. Did you ever see that? Uh Uh-uh. So, like, it's notoriously just, wow, I can't believe you haven't seen it. Notoriously so bad it's a good movie. But he's got, like, this robe in the movie, and when he, like, stretches his arms out, there's, like, two big handprints on it, like, just red hands. And her, her nightgown had red hands that were like on the boob cup and all i can think of is like this seems very appropriate <laughs> that i'm thinking of manos the hands of fate i know i know at least a couple of the listeners are getting that reference oh for sure yeah he doesn't seem into it no and that's the confusing part so why is he shirtless then why is he shirtless why did he invite her over why is she coming out of the bathroom in lingerie if he doesn't want to have sexy time so did he invite her over after dinner and then they like maybe hung out and he's like i'm going to bed now (laughs) but she was like i gotta go take a crap yeah go for it (laughs) lock up before you go yeah (laughs) 
But, oh, they do have sexy time anyway. We don't really get to see any of that, though. No. They just allude to it. Yeah, because we can't have too much. Yeah, because you know what? We've got a strip club to get to. Yeah. (laughs) Because, okay, yeah, so my thought was this movie's so cheap that they're going to just keep reusing the same sets. Mm -hmm. And I thought, there's no way they're not going to recognize him when he goes back in. Exactly. But I thought, "Mm, by setting it up by saying they all look the same, Gives the excuse. Like, they're totally going to do that. And they don't. Mm-hmm. They don't. He keeps going to different locations. Yeah. So you really get a tour of sleazy dive bars and strip clubs of New Orleans. Exciting. <laughs> Was it New Orleans? Yeah. They filmed there? Uh, it certainly seemed like they did. At least the outside parts they did. Yeah. It didn't sound like they were in New Orleans. Well, it is kind of a melting pot, though. That is true. Yeah, I'm just surprised that he didn't hear, like, he heard, like, a couple people. Nobody like, with a thick, like, Cajun accent? Yeah, exactly. There's nothing like that. Like, some of the guys were like, go get the car. Like, they were like, get in the car, we're going to go drive down there. Oh, Mardi Gras coming. <laughs> oh, Mardi Gras is a couple of days away. Like, that doesn't sound. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't know. I went to Boston, and nobody really had accents there. Oh, that is weird. Yeah, except one time my coworker and I were walking around and there's like this alleyway or something we were kind of passing and just hear two people yelling from different parts of the alley. It was like, Mac, Mac, yeah, what do you want? <laughs> That's awesome. Where's your ma? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so the killer is at a strip club and he's looking for another victim. And he talks to um, a lady there, does this whole shtick about how I'm looking for someone evil. Give me your most evil person. Yeah, whatever you say. She's evil. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> they go, really? Look, Are they the going to like. Just, the guy wants someone that's If he asks you that you're evil, just, yeah, just say that you're evil. Whatever. It doesn't matter. But I think, I think the lady did find the right person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the, the right away she. <laughs> She's like, you bitch, or yeah. something like yeah. she, she keeps calling the lady a bitch. Yeah. And it's like, she's got some sass. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, well, apartment, apartment time number two. And uh, this, this lady is definitely charming. <laughs> she's got, she, she's the only person with like a southernish accent. Yeah. She's like, I sure do like your doodads on the wall. <laughs> That's right. It's like nothing on the wall. <laughs> No doodads. Yeah, there's just really. like a light. <laughs> Unless she meant the curve. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, more more full frontal nudity. Get to see the whole thing again. Pretty much repeated, except he does the oils earlier on this time. Otherwise, it's, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Different fake bust or stomach like getting ripped into. This time, it took him a long time to get that heart out. Yeah, it did. And that heart was huge, too, yeah. compared to, Like, I get it. Like, they probably used a pig heart because it looks real. And I don't know. It was just... It was massive. Yeah. I think she had heart disease. Yeah. <laughs> he might have been doing her a favor. <laughs> oh, Frank and Sherry Pillow Talk. Because, I don't know, they must have been at it for days. <laughs> and then they go... Then we get a date montage. This date montage... It's like the naked gun date montage, practically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it goes on. They, it's so funny, though, because they just, they look like they're having, they, they ham it up so much. 
Like, oh, we're eating ice cream together. Oh, we're rocking through the park. I'm going to feed you some bread. I'm going to put my foot up on this curb. Put my foot up on this table here. Put my foot up on this bench. He's putting his foot up on everything. Yeah. I don't know why that's a power move for dudes. What is with that? Makes me want to, like, slap their balls. <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy at... um my bowling when i did bowling who would do that except when he would do it he always pointed his butt in our faces and i was like why is he like trying to assert dominance with his ass like just stretching out his slacks like what are you doing dude what are you doing so weird oh it was so irritating over bowling too yeah just roll a strike i don't know is he trying to intimidate us with his butt it's so weird. CorruptedYouthPod at gmail.com. Has somebody like asserted butt dominance on you? <laughs> right in. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, Frank is talking to his partner, who I don't think his partner ever got a name. <laughs> Frank says that he and Sherry have been together six days now. I don't know if they're trying to set her up as the quote unquote hooker with a heart of gold. You know what I mean? Yeah. She really shouldn't be in the business. Yeah. But he's also not a very good person either. Oh, he's a bad person. So I don't think that's really bad that he would be with her. I mean, I guess he's a cop, so that probably the optics of that probably aren't good. But he, he doesn't does, really seem to mind. He does seem to like her. But then, like, he's also kind of playing it off as like, but she's just a sex worker and he's whatever. Torn. Yeah. Speaking of torn, they get a call from uh, somebody. They found another body and. They do zero investigating. Yep. Zero investigating. If these are homicide detectives, why aren't they at the crime scene? Why are they just finding them, loading them up? I mean, clearly they've been dumped, but also there could be evidence at that crime scene. Yeah. They do just a terrible job. It's like all they know is like the ring. And even their boss is like, get results. I agree. Get results. They just give up. Then it's like date montage. Yeah. And, um, with the 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 beat cop who comes in with the tip yeah and um some doctor i don't know there's some mumbo jumbo about some esp which has nothing to do with anything no but there's there's apparently a like a professor or somebody who knows a lot about ritualistic killings and mm-hmm. things like that so they go to visit him so they're actually doing some cop stuff yeah where this guy keeps referring to his notes Mm-hmm. for his lines just like i do as we're podcasting because <laughs> even though we just watched this movie there was a lot to unpack and i can't remember everything but yeah this this guy's like getting into all the satanic panic stuff and oh definitely it's like yeah there's satanists out there sacrificing people the, the manson family were satan worshippers no they weren't yeah <laughs> yeah they weren't did they fall into a cult Sure. Definitely. But let's not drag Satan into this. They just listen to the Beatles. <laughs> They're just big Beatles fans. I don't see the big deal. <laughs> Do the Beatles make you want to kill? <laughs> right into the corrupted youth. <laughs> corrupted youth countdown to Helter Skelter. <laughs> oh, no. That's <laughs> no. <laughs> This this doctor guy does bring up um, the the Aztec part of it, and um, uh, I can't I don't know if I can get the name right. Quadalcue, 
I think he says is the the goddess's name and um means lady of the serpent skirt. Sounds pretty cool. Quite a look you. Quite a look you. But uh look you. Ooh, Brennan. Do you happen to know where the killer goes next? Uh does he go to does he go does he go to a strip club? He sure does. Wow. Speaking of satanic panic, <laughs> this lady's dressed like the devil. Ooh. And she's taking money on this like plastic trident thingy. <laughs> and it, pitchfork. Yeah. Like you can't like stab the money, so the person just has to like put it on one of the forks and just like slowly bring it back. I'll say this though. Exotic dancing has come a long way since this movie. (laughs) (laughs) The quality of stripping in this movie is like it's a pretty low bar. Stripper poles back then? You know, I don't know. There weren't. I mean, I was, I was like, this movie came out in 1978. I was three. (laughs) (laughs) I'm guessing there were, but also they're dancing on carpet, which is disgusting. Yeah, just all their. Dirty New Orleans feet getting in that carpet, dancing around. You saw those streets. Those streets aren't clean. Disgusting. (laughs) It's probably the cleanest thing that they do. (laughs) So the devil lady goes over to this guy, and because she notices that uh, the killer had slipped her a C-note, the guy's like, all right, well, we'll go, you leave with him, and then I'll meet you in the alley for payment. So they're setting something up here. Mm-hmm. And then there's also like this weird cut when the next dancer comes out, like the devil lady comes off, vanishes. Yeah. And then there's just the next dancer and like the lighting changed and everything. <laughs> One of many just dramatic cuts in this movie where it's just like, oh, what happened? Yeah. Jarring. It is. It's like the somebody appears effect that would be used on an old sitcom. <laughs> It's just that kind of cut. Yeah. (laughs) Unless New Orleans is riddled with dark magic. Voodoo. And people can just disappear and reappear at will. Maybe I'd actually want to go there then. It's a lot of voodoo stuff. I don't like voodoo stuff. I think it's kind of cheesy. It's very cheesy. I mean, if you're in the voodoo stuff, whatever. That's I don't I never find it spooky. No. I never find it scary. I think the closer the voodoo is to people that actually practice voodoo, the cooler it is. The farther it gets, the more it just becomes this like hazy uh, Mardi Gras skeletons, a white people thing. Once it becomes like a white people thing, then I don't like it. You know, I think I can agree with you on that. (laughs) And I was expecting more of that in this movie. Yeah, I was scared that's what it was going to be. Yeah, me too. Because we didn't really look into it before jumping in. And I thought for sure, I was like, ooh, this is going to be like all sorts of gross masks and beads. You don't even get beads in this movie until an hour and 17 minutes. Mm-hmm. I wrote it down. <laughs> but we're not there yet. No, there's a hot, whole lot. Um, I was about to say there's a whole lot more we have to get through, but. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> back to the movie. <laughs> so the devil lady is talking to the killer and there's just no sound of their conversation. Mm hmm. And it goes on for a couple minutes. Maybe not a couple minutes, but it certainly felt like a half hour. You just kind of sit there. You, it's a lot of waiting. It's just listening to disco music and watching two people talk that you can't hear. Yeah, so I thought she would find a different girl because he just wanted the most evil one. And I feel like, lady, you're just because you're dressed like the devil, 
doesn't qualify you. Yeah. But they're walking down the alley together. And sure enough, that guy's just awkwardly waiting the jump dude. And when he does, wow. If you thought that fight in the restaurant was <laughs> bad, this one's even worse. Because it's not good. There's nothing good about it. Choreography's bad. The sound, there's like no sound effects for any of the punches. There's like no sound at all. Other than it's like... just like shuffling. <laughs> yeah. Oof. But yeah, the, the worker gets the dude killed too. Because she's going to go stab him. Go stab the killer. Just stabs her boss, I guess. A whoopsie daisy. Yep. There you go. And he just nopes out of the situation. He just leaves. Killer just, oh, that didn't work out. (laughs) (laughs) This was a lot more difficult than I thought it would be. But, you know, it doesn't take that long because we're off to the next club. And um, this is, (laughs) oh boy, this is where we get the singing pimp catfish. (laughs) And, oh man, this guy, he's got to sing song everything he does to negotiate this deal. And he's pretending to play piano. And what I found interesting, though, is that when he was laying out the money to, like, purchase whatever woman, Mm -hmm. he was only laying down $1 bills. Really? Yeah. And they were making it sound like they were $100 bills. They were just $1 bills. So I was like, wait a second. $5? $5. I'd buy that for a (laughs) dollar. Yes. And, um, you know, the killer is... Certainly, like, telling Catfish, promise me she's evil. There's no way this flaky dude is going to be like, let me assess the situation and I will find you the most evil woman. There's no way he'd be like, sorry, man, you don't got any evil woman here. You'll have to take your, uh, hun- you'll, you'll have to take your dollars somewhere else. Your five dollars. <laughs> so we get to apartment scene number three. And wouldn't you know it? They give this lady a name, too, and her name is Sissy. That's the third, the third female character you find a name that starts with an S. Movie, you gotta do a little better than that. Yeah, Margaret. (laughs) Julie. Linda. Linda, that's a good one. Emmanuel. Oh. Gladys. (laughs) (laughs) But he asks her if she wants anything, (laughs) She says that she wants Chinese food. And then she proceeds to tell us about how, how when she was younger, um, what was it? That her mom or something would get Chinese food? Because she knew a man who was Chinese? Yeah. She did not refer to it that way. No. And I will not repeat what she said. No. Because it's definitely something that would get yelled out a lot if you ever watched the old TV show Kung Fu. Which also, David Carradine definitely not chinese <laughs> but that's not that's not here or there so then we have to watch the killer order chinese food on the phone which i might put in a clip of <laughs> this is 620 madison street apartment four i would like you to deliver an order of shrimp rolls lobster cantonese jasu ding And a fortune cookie. Because it's pretty hilarious. Because <laughs> you can't forget one fortune cookie. They always give you fortune cookies. <laughs> you could order extra. Mm-hmm. Anywhere I've ever been has given you just fortune cookies. Complimentary fortune cookies. Yeah. Because they're pennies on the dollar. People love them too. 
white people love fortune cookies. Yeah. We really do. I can't lie. If you put a fortune cookie in front of me right now, gobble it up. I probably won't even read it. <laughs> I think I have some stale ones in the cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> So the killer says that it's going to be 15 minutes before the food arrives and that she should take a shower, which she does. They make sure to show that. Uh, it's for at least through frosted glass this time. Something so she like, gets out. Oh, yeah, that's true. Man, there's just so much nudity in this movie. <laughs> You're like, you leave it desensitized. Yeah. <laughs> desensitized. Desensitized. <laughs> desensitized. But when the food arrives... The guy handing the food definitely notices the ring mm-hmm. because as he's thanking him, shaking him his hands because he got a big $10 tip, which 78, probably a good tip. And then, um, oh, was it the killer asks, asks her after they eat, which I was surprised we didn't have to watch her eat the whole meal. Yeah. But um, he asks her what she does best. She's like, I dance best. And all I could think of is like, he's got to be thinking this one's a lot of work. Well, yeah, because he he doesn't even like respond after she says that. He just goes like, come with me or whatever. And they go into the the kill room and she just starts dancing in there. He just sits there and watches her dance. (laughs) But yeah, she's (laughs) he didn't go through like it's like every time he has to do something a little more, I think, like in the second one, he had to like pour a drink oh, or something the yeah. first time they just skipped all that and uh-huh. just got to it and so it seems like it's becoming more work for him every time but before they get he starts asking questions in this one too mm-hmm. like he ends up asking how old she is she says that she's 19 and he just nopes yeah and he's like demands that she leaves yeah i mean i think he was also like pretty impressed by the dancing too he seemed to genuinely enjoy it and thought that she was pretty good yeah and she takes this demand to leave as an insult yeah and she's like hey dude you paid really good money Uh uh-huh for a good time let me just give you a good time which not very evil (laughs) just gonna throw that out there not very evil but enough evil in his eyes yep so let's repeat the process except this time he's like you are totally getting sacrificed (laughs) And she's not cool with it. And also, 19. <laughs> I don't know, movie. <laughs> I guess 70, 70s 19 looks a lot different than today's 19. Yeah. In the 70s, I'm like 13. <laughs> In the 70s, I would probably be 25. <laughs> Like, of course you just have a gray beard at 25. Yeah. Who didn't? There's a word for that. That idea of, like, looking back and, like, everyone just looks older. It's, like, called, like, retrospective aging. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but super weird. But also, I think a lot of it, too, is that you're looking at people, and I kind of brought up an idea like this when you're watching the movie, that you're looking at people dressed like how you see older people dressed. Oh, okay. So they they look more like old people. Like if you took somebody their age now and dressed them the way they did, they might look older. Maybe. I don't know. Sometimes in movies, they really go for a retro look and it just doesn't always work out right. It's very hard for them to nail down. And I think part of it is, is that sometimes the people don't look period appropriate because of standards of beauty change over time too. Mm, True. And 
you know, maybe back then a lot more gross people <laughs> just seen. Seems like everybody just had gross hair mm-hmm. and everybody's greasy and sweaty all the time. Not these days. Say, take pictures of food, for example. Yeah. Old pictures of food look disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Food and old movies, disgusting. I was just watching one where somebody was cutting up a chicken at a dinner table. And it's like, this is, this is grossing me out. Like, it's making me nauseous just seeing a 70s chicken. I saw an interesting video of, it was some, like, British actor. And he was comparing cigars on screen. And he, he takes a cigar and he holds it up in front of a movie camera. And it just looks like a turd. Like, <laughs> like it's just, it just straight up looks like a turd. And then he uh, gets, like, a cigar box and he replaces all the cigars with hot dogs <laughs> and then he holds that in front of the camera and they look like cigars weird <laughs> so old-timey cigars look like turds on camera or yeah. just cigars in general cigars just in general look huh. like turds so is everybody on, smoking on hot dogs in movies oh yeah i'm sure uh <laughs> i'm sure as cameras got better they didn't really have to worry about that but that was <laughs> Could you imagine like those macho like heroes? Do you remember the the sergeant guy from Predator? Oh yeah, the big tough guy. He just had a little hot dog <laughs> dangling out of his like limp hot dog out of his mouth. I'm I'm sure uh, my friend Schmidt is gonna listen to this. Yeah, and he he will remember War Hero cigars. There was one one summer we had War Hero cigars where we would smoke the cigar down to a down to the nub, and we would just keep it in our mouth and gnaw on it like in the movies <laughs> it would just be this gross soggy mess it was so gross though <laughs> more hero cigars because that's all it's always just it's never yeah. long yeah you never see him with the cigar long it's only when it's stubby they're always just moving it around mm-hmm. in the mouth so gross. back to the movie <laughs> sherry's on the phone with somebody and she's at frank's place and she's not having a very good time with this conversation on the phone. And she gets mad at Frank because she found out Frank just took that money earlier in the movie and just took it because mm-hmm. he's not a good person. And they get into a fight and say mean things about each other. Yeah. And it's not very nice. But Sherry's not going to be kept down by this because she decides that she's going to go to the disco. She's going to get drunk. And she's going to have a good time. And man, she hits she, the floor. Oh, just tearing up that mm, floor. Mm, yeah. All by herself. Even cuts into another couple dancing. Yeah, that was wild. Starts a fight. And then for just some reason, Frank's partner shows up with his other partner, I guess. Yeah. To pick up Frank's old partner, Sherry. And they just take her out of the club. And then she gets just dropped off at home and kind of lets the partner know, like, hey, I kind of miss him, you know? Yeah. It's kind of kind of nice. Yeah, it is. And you brought up that it must have been 7 o'clock p.m. <laughs> yeah, literally, they leave and the sun hadn't even fully set. New Orleans knows how to party, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Go to a discotheque at 7 p.m. and <laughs> get into a fight. Yeah. So I guess the cops start doing their jobs because we get a montage <laughs> Of them doing their job, like just going to different places. 
not spending a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. They could have just shown them going to places. You don't really get a sense that they're doing a lot when they because they'll show it like real time. Yeah, they'll just walk in and then walk out. There's no sense of like no detective work being done. But there is like one part where it cuts because they go to this bar, and then one guy is like. Because his friend's like, oh, what did they want? And he's like, I don't know, something about how there's some guy making meatballs out of hookers. Yeah. Wow. They just chuckle about it. Yeah, they just laugh it (laughs) off. And then also, like, Frank's just like, well, I think the killer is done. Because they're just hanging out, getting drunk. Well, they think that that the killings, that there's only going to be three. They were like, oh, I feel like three is the magic number. There's no real reason behind the, the, this. The killings were done for the for the year. There's no where did they get the number three from? Frank just Frank just thought he just thought. Oh. Well, that doctor guy who knew a lot about ritual killings earlier did not say they happen in threes. They also mentioned at one point they're like, we've called everybody trying. This is before, I think this might have been before they talked to the professor. They're like, we called everybody trying to learn about ritual killings. We called this place. We called this. We even called MIT. And no one knew anything about ritual killings. Why would they know anything about ritual killings at MIT? It's like a technical institute. <laughs> no one knows anything about killing. And then Frank over here just assumes, oh, we'll just let this killer go free this year. Yeah, I think they just got tired and wanted the drink. And the guy who plays Frank looks visibly drunk in the scene. He does. Because his demeanor is different. And he's very glassy eyed and seems a little happy. Uh-huh. Yeah. They were using real beers. And not props. <laughs> but hey, whatever. Having some fun. Yeah. And then the killer, he goes to yet another bar, talks to the beard old bartender, and he puts in a request for three women. And the bartender is like, Yeah, I could do that. <laughs> you know, I'm just like I'll see what I can do. Because he gets like 500 bucks. Yeah. Because it's like 100 for, no, I can't remember how much it was, but I know the bartender gets like 150, Mm -hmm. which he's not, he's not paying that much. He's not divvying that up fairly. I guarantee it. No. There's no way. I I sure hope Sherry doesn't end up in that group of three women. Yeah, I sure hope so too. You know, he didn't really make a point of making them. Like, making sure that they're evil this time, either. No. He's just like, three women, that's all I really need. Yeah, maybe he's just into the killing now. He killed an innocent one. Maybe he's got to start over. Maybe he's like, mm. oh no, I killed a nice one. Now I must get three more women and start over. I'm just going to do it all at once. Or maybe is it because it's Mardi Gras? Maybe. Well, he does, oh, he does talk to his god. Mm-hmm. That scene was nice. Yeah, because he does mention he needs three more and then he will be bestowed the power. And I was really hoping that he was going to go like on a, just through the streets of Mardi Gras, murdering, just unstoppable killing yeah. machines. Stab, stab, stab. Gaining more power. Are you evil? Yeah, I'm evil. <laughs> stab. <laughs> but that was me giving the movie too much credit, I guess. Put it in the remake. Um. So surprise, surprise. Frank and his partner are drunk again or still drunk or <laughs> they've always whatever. been drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've always been drunk. Yeah. And um they're talking with some other guy because movie I don't know. Talk to people. Yeah. And you know, this guy is just talking about how Frank's rough around the edges. He's not a very good person, but 
he was good with Sherry, and they're good for each other, and he's going to help find her. As long as he lightens up. And then Frank's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, they try to paint him out to be a decent guy, too, because he didn't, when he worked his previous job in Vice, that he didn't take money from the pimps or anything. I find that really hard to believe. Yeah. He lost his job in Vice. They bring it up. That's why he's like a homicide detective, which that almost seems like, kind of seems like it would be. I don't know. But think also working homicide in New Orleans, that's got to be pretty tough. At least now, like recent years, New Orleans is one of the most dangerous cities. Like homicide rate in New Orleans is wicked high. Oh, I wonder if, yeah, like where's the Axeman been? Mm. <laughs> you know that one, right? Yeah. Dongles, look up the Axeman. Look up the Axeman. <laughs> yeah, there's actually that really good um, Swamp Thing issue. Mm. It was the Axeman's jazz where the Axeman comes back. That's pretty sick. And makes people play jazz music like how the original threat was. Crazy stuff, man. <laughs> Louisiana, I guess. Yeah, don't. I don't want to go there. No. I really don't. I really don't. No interest. I mean, listen, I'm all for Andouille sausage, but once you just start putting entire water bugs in there with their whole entire heads and stuff, you're just ruining the food. <laughs> Even if it tastes good, I don't want to have to pick through a bug shell just to eat but then but then someone would come up to you and they go well you're in louisiana is that how we do it in louisiana i feel like they're one of those states <laughs> they talk about how they're from louisiana tell you what i'll just have a catfish po' boy call it a day see that would be good heck yeah it would but you can kind of get those just about anywhere we should go back in time and stop the louisiana purchase oh i'm sure there might be somebody out there who might listen to this someday who is in louisiana and they might just cry because we're being so mean to it what do we have here here in wisconsin beer we have beer we have cheese, cheese. we have cows brats bratwurst pretzels packers the pack yep we sure got some pack there yep you're not wrong got the brewers brewers got hockey uh we ship all our hockey players off to nhl teams we don't have our own nhl team here yeah which is stupid (laughs) my son plays hockey we have the milwaukee bucks yeah we got Giannis antetokounmpo (laughs) heck yeah Yeah, we do do. that's right better believe it sports ball Mm -hmm. we got some good serial killers we do unfortunately the the latest killer we've had not a serial killer but just killer the show business lady in green bay that's some really just sad stuff man i didn't hear about that Ooh, man it's dark Ooh. yeah we're talking a beheading meth sexual assault most likely well he wasn't alive and the mom found some evidence rough stuff man so should we go back to making fun of louisiana um we can make fun of this movie some more yeah yay <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Fully naked women being murdered. If the rest of this movie wasn't so terrible, (laughs) (laughs) it wouldn't be fun. So it's finally Mardi Gras. It's finally Mardi Gras. We get a brief montage of Mardi Gras. There's like 20 minutes left. There's like, you get like one, less than one city block of Mardi Gras. (laughs) 
which I think they just maybe got some people to just muck about in the streets. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even like during the nighttime either. It was like the daytime parades. Yeah, there was one float. <laughs> and it's in this time too, the killer is just roaming the streets with his mask on. Which is pretty nice to see, except that no one else had any masks on, so he did in a way stand out. Which is kind of odd. Yeah, there's but... also a lot of people looking at the camera. All yes. pedestrians. Yeah. Definitely. And... There's beads being thrown from a balcony mm-hmm. at one hour and 17 minutes of this like hour and a half movie. <laughs> and, you know, thankfully it was pretty innocent too. Yeah. It was just a child throwing some beads down to somebody that child did not have to show its boobs. <laughs> See, it, it can be done. Yeah. You, you don't have to be weird about it. It's probably the longest section in the movie without boobs. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> So then we've got the killer picking up his three women and oh man, <sighs> darn it. Dang. The one Sherry. thing. Sherry, why are you there? Oh, you're supposed to stay out of trouble. She seems like she's missing Frank though. Mm-hmm. So this, this is going to be, I'm scared now. I'm scared for her. I'm scared for Frank. It's been one crazy adventure and it seems like it's all come to the climax here. Sure is. Things, things are heating up. Yeah. Cause we've probably got like, seven minutes left the <laughs> <laughs> and uh all three women go to the killer's apartment and sherry seems a tad suspicious she's got a red flag for this killer but dismisses it probably because she has been hanging around frank mm. you know she's picking up on some of that cop instinct i see from him very good writing they have here completely i <laughs> probably just put way too much into that maybe you know what no I'm going to take that back. Sherry is streetwise and smart on her own. That is right. She doesn't need a man to validate her. Mm -hmm. The killer brings out a special drink for everybody. And he said that, you know, his friends are going to be there later. Because that was part of the premise, too, is that there's going to be a couple other dudes. They're going to have a good time during Mardi Gras. But he's like, hey, since they're not here, have this drink. And it's very important as tradition to just drink it all at once. Which he does not do, everybody else does. And they're like, whoa, that was some really hard stuff. Hard cut to them just laying on the floor in different positions, passed out. So jarring. Amazing. Yeah. I felt like that was something out of The Little Rascals. It felt like a bit. Like from like an old-timey 30s movie, you know what I'm talking about? Where it would just be like, oh, click. You know, like played for comedic effect, yeah. My guess is that they probably just screwed up whatever transition they had. And perhaps maybe the only print they could get for distribution now, there's stuff lost. Or it's just bad. Yes. Most likely. (laughs) (laughs) I did like it, though. Yeah. You know, and if that killer was smart, I mean, I don't know if he put anything in the drink, but maybe pour yourself a separate glass. That, that was super obvious that he didn't drink it. Yes. So, yeah, that was not me being movie detective at all. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is where they finally go to the Chinese restaurant on their search, um, bringing you a sketch of the ring. And they talk to one guy, and he's like, yeah, no, I don't know anything that you're talking about. And then they just, they're like, hmm, do you happen to have a delivery driver? So my guess is that maybe they found Chinese food and that lady's 
body. Well, that's possible. If you, well, I think I'm giving the movie too much credit again. I, I had the same thought. I was like, oh, well, maybe they found the Chinese food, but you would have thought that they would have been checking Chinese restaurants this whole time. They did go to one earlier. They also went to like a popcorn. Like, or it was a, like, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a street corn. They went to like a corn place. Like it was like a Mexican restaurant. Went to a hot dog place too. Hot dog place too. They definitely went to some bars and got some drinks. <laughs> yes. That's really um, did. And off camera. The most investigating was in bars. They even went to the one strip club because I recognized the name. Oh, that's right. Not because I've been there, but because. <laughs> There was it was hanging up behind the dancer or whatever. Yeah, so this delivery guy, he does remember the ring. And he also remembers the exact address. <laughs> Convenient. Which they could have probably just gone through. They probably don't have a log. But he probably would have at least remembered where it was. Yeah. Roughly, but he was very oh, specific. Oh, oh, I got the order right here. Oh, the address is on it. We save all our tickets. Yeah. I do like how he... Like when the detectives get the info, he tries asking for money for that information and they just leave. <laughs> yeah, he tried. Yeah, worth a shot. <laughs> He's just been watching too many cop shows. <laughs> um, so they now have the address. And where do they where do they go? They're sitting in a bar. And Sam, the bartender from the beginning of the movie, comes busted in. Because he knew he just had to run to every bar in New Orleans <laughs> so he could find him. And he's like, oh, my God, I saw the killer. He's back. I saw him. And by the way, Sherry was one of the three ladies ordered <laughs> to go to his place. And they're like, oh, well, I guess we should actually go to the place now mm-hmm. that there's like some type of stakes involved. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they get so they get there. They get to the to the <laughs> apartment and they obviously the door's locked and they try kicking in the door and that doesn't work either. So these guys, you know, attempting to save lives here, call the fire department to come open up the door. Like, don't get me wrong. Not a bad idea if you need a door open, but that's going to take forever, especially during Mardi Gras. Imagine trying to get fire trucks around on Mardi Gras. There's an explanation of that coming up. <laughs> but yes, the it would take time for the fire department to get there. Like, just grab something heavy. You, what do they do normally in all these movies when they can't open a door? Shoot it. They shoot. They just shoot it. and It opens. Yeah, because it just solves a problem instantly. They have guns. I, I don't think they have guns. Nobody fires a gun. Yeah, I was just thinking. Entire... No one fires a single gun in that whole movie. <laughs> so yeah, I like how too when. The firefighters, they just axe the door like twice. Yeah. And they're, they, there's like ADR of like, well, oh, that ought to do it. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Keep in mind, we've been talking about this way longer than the, the end of the movie happened. Yeah. Because. Uh, the end of the movie is when most of the things happen. Yes. Like I found myself genuinely excited because right. things were happening. Yeah. And um, they they end up just going into the the kill room and do just yeets out of there. Mm-hmm. Frank unchains Sherry and just stays. That's yeah. He's out of the movie now. Yeah, it's also Sherry's confusing too because because he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like he apologizes to her finally, and then she's like, no, I'm sorry, girl. You have nothing to be sorry for. Right. You caught that dude taking money 
Like, yeah, he was a bad dude. And yeah. She also said, too, that they all the other sex workers paid for that girl's funeral. Yeah, they paid for that woman's funeral with their own money. That's why she was also doubly upset. So come on. Whatever. Whatever. The, Who am I to judge their love, I guess? <laughs> this is this is where the bad chase happens now. Yeah. <laughs> the the bad chase of like going down the fire escape where there's another weird jump cut as Frank's partner tries to exit a window. Yeah, that was weird. Um where the killer just climbs down the fire escape and jumps down and gets his stuff and buttons up make sure he buttons up his suit escapes in a station wagon a yellow station wagon weird oh, okay so then frank's partners with like the chief and the chief's like i want everything shut down we're gonna button up the entire french quarter from this street that the locals know to that one and this thing and the other and he'll be like it'll be like a fish in a barrel yeah you could probably shoot catfish the pimp in a barrel <laughs> from earlier that guy would be super easy to shoot. Apparently not our killer here because there's now this is this is where the fire truck comes into play because these streets are empty, mm-hmm. empty. There's like barely anybody about if you see anybody on the streets. There's almost a car accident. That's about it. Otherwise, it's just police cars chasing a yellow station wagon through empty streets down to the wharf. Where the killer just gets out. You don't see where he goes. They're like, ooh, it's going to be like they're going to hunt hunt him down in this warehouse. Yeah. Because all the cops rush in there. And then he just, like, climbs out from behind something. And this shot is so far away. Yeah. And he just, like, climbs out. But then his escape plan is to get into a cop car. And he just drives into the water. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they drove a car into the water for real. That was pretty cool. I guess, yeah. And then, of course, too, you know, they show, like, scuba guys going down, then dragging the car out of the water. There's nobody. Ooh. And that's it. The movie just ends. It's just the chief and Frank's partner looking at the mask that he left in the car. So the killer is still at large. Which, okay, so the killer, right? Everyone's going inside the building. He gets out. He gets into the car. And everyone, you know, they hear that and they all watch him drive into the water. Why don't you just jump into the water? Why not just, like, stick a brick on the gas pedal make them think you drove into the water but he could also just get out just because you drive a car into the water doesn't mean you just die right you can still escape he could have rolled down the window yeah so he just swam away but like he didn't have to steal the car at all maybe so they would think that he's dead maybe keep it a mystery we're gonna have the sequel mardi gras massacre 2 where somebody will actually be killed on mardi gras which here's something that also confuses me so does the killings have anything to do with mardi gras no it it, yeah because it would it would just have to be coincidence because it pretty much is yeah just coincidence mardi gras is not like a aztec holiday at all no it's christian i guess yeah there's not there's not really it doesn't make any sense did you know that actually a lot of countries around the world celebrate mardi gras really yeah but uh louisiana they're the only ones that are annoying about it (laughs) wow okay so that was the movie. <laughs> Should we just move on? Do you got anything I mean, you'd like to say about it? I, uh, I there wasn't a whole lot of anything in it. No, there's a lot of ineptitude and movie making. 
Yeah, that was the most entertaining part of the movie. And the acting. Oh, God, yeah, the acting was awful. I have not seen acting this bad in a movie that we've done since I watched Scared to Death. (laughs) And that was uh, an episode that we did a long time ago. Long time ago, yeah. Um, Episode 34. Dang. Yeah, that was a while back. It doesn't seem like it's been that long. Uh Uh-uh. But I love that movie, too. And that movie's got some terrible acting. Terrible acting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like just woof wow but it added to the charm mm-hmm. just like i think it does here yeah there's a lot like i don't know i guess maybe we should get into our final thoughts and like if we would recommend it yeah so like reading would you recommend it i think we can summarize well so. if i had to say movie mm-hmm. to rate this movie based off the way i say it i don't i don't even feel right calling this a movie because it, it it kind of isn't it is, in a way, it's a movie. <laughs> I don't think I would recommend it. No, no, it's just too. It's way too sleazy, way too sleazy. It is sleazy. So it kind of takes away a lot for it for me. I mean, like, I think the killer could be interesting if they did anything more with him. I think that the gore is all right. It's cool. It's pretty cool. I mean, the prosthetics that they made were neat. Yeah. But other than that, no. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's pretty entertaining. I mean, the funny parts are funny, like the bad acting, the alleyway, and the the fight in the restaurant. Best parts of the movie. But that's also, like, how much of the movie. Right. So, overall, no. I do not recommend this movie. Okay. Well, saying movie to rate it. I'm going to say movie. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. It really gives me... This was made by a porno guy. Definitely. And I wouldn't be surprised if I looked into it further and found out this guy did direct adult films. Mm -hmm. Because it certainly has that vibe to it, especially 70s, where they would try to do a little more plot, but nobody was really good at acting. And they were just more the sex stuff and still not good. Whether or not I recommend it, though, is tough. If you're looking for sleaze and you haven't seen this movie, You'll get it. If you just want to see that aspect of it, I don't find that titillating for lack of a better word. You know, you know what I mean, though? It's like I don't get excited off of it. Right. It doesn't. It's just. Yeah, that's a naked woman. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, the bad things are going to happen. It doesn't dwell on it too much, which I guess is okay. There's like. So, yeah, I mean, I guess if you want the sleaze, it's there. Like lots of shots of like seedy 70s new orleans strip clubs and bars which was kind of fun to see yeah but there's not a whole lot of movie there um so i'm gonna half recommend it what i just said more of like my half of the recommendation and the part that doesn't recommend it is gonna be the fact that it's very repetitive definitely there's not a lot to it as far as being interesting with the kills because once you've seen one you've seen them all exactly it doesn't really bring anything new to the table there's not a lot of they could have done a little more with it even with the budget that they had by just changing it up a little Mm -hmm. it just fell into a formula and it makes it kind of maybe one almost gets away you know something yeah different that's where the alley scene was interesting because it changed the dynamic of how things were working out but it was almost a little too little too late. Yeah. And the bringing in the three women 
you know, I mean, he, cause I was like, how's he going to get away with this? He could barely handle a girl who ordered Chinese food <laughs> and he's going to have three while he drugged them. Why wasn't he just kind of doing that the whole time? Yeah. Not that he had a hard time luring anybody in or doing anything. I don't know. Just odd, mm-hmm. odd choices. So yeah, half and half. Check it out if you want, I guess. I don't know. We had fun with it at least. Right. So I would, I think if I had watched this one alone, I probably would have felt gross. Yeah. I would have felt a little grossed out by it. Yeah. I'm really glad I didn't watch this in my apartment. <laughs> your, your roommate coming in. Yeah. Hey, Brennan, what are you, what are you watching? Because odds are it's going to be during a sacrifice scene. I'm, I'm just happy when we watched it. That your mom didn't come home oh, or your Lord. sister. Oh, Lord. Because the first time in like viewing history, no one has walked in during any nudity. Yeah. It's not like we watch a lot of movies with nudity, but somebody always just interrupts. Yeah. Oh, is there naked happening? I have to go check the laundry. I have to go here to this basement for no reason. Wonder how the boys are doing. No. But does this pass your slasher trope checklist? I failed to mention it earlier. But we do have a checklist made out of five criteria. It has to receive a majority from both of us to qualify as a slasher. This one definitely brings a different aspect to it. Yeah. Would you like to go first? Yes. So uh, my first point is three or more kills. And this does meet that requirement at three. So it's barely, barely there. Uh, An emphasis on the kills. Yes, but almost to a bad degree where it's taking forever. <laughs> but uh, Killer is hunting, you know, like a prayer, like group, group, you know. He is pro- like workers, sex workers, evil, evil sex workers. I only want the evil ones. Do you think we should have got involved with Vietnam? <laughs> 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 what were your opinions on Jimmy Carter's foreign policies? Do you think that Watergate was a scam? (laughs) Would you have pardoned Nixon? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, back to the checklist. Uh, And uh, a gimmick. See, this one, I don't don't know. Gimmick? Oh, I I would say so. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, the mask and the whole ritual. Yeah, that's a a gimmick. So, yeah, it's... Is a slasher by my books, but it doesn't feel like a slasher. It, it really doesn't. There's no like, no one like running away. Ah, running away. Ah, there's a murderer. You know, there's no. And even then, like after that third kill happens, there's no kills for the rest of the movie. So it it really doesn't feel like a slasher, but it meets the requirements. What about mm-hmm. your checklist? My checklist. My first one is edged weapon kill. At least one definitely happens. Definitely. Because there are three. And he's certainly cutting up. Cutting open those women. Mm-hmm. I have stalking slash hunting of victims. And yeah, it's not how it would be traditionally, but he certainly does it yeah. because he's got he, he's got his methods mm-hmm. and he sticks with it. It's not as traditional as you'd think is like a normal slasher movie, but hey, it's on the list. Next up, I have Peekaboo Corpse. Does not happen. Mm-mm. No Peekaboo Corpse. I have Vice Kill. I marked that one off because, yeah, I think he definitely was looking for the evil ones. Yeah. 
And he was picking up sex workers because they were getting paid the money because part of it was stabbing the hand that took the money. Mm -hmm. So absolutely there. Again, a little more non-traditional. Usually it's just like, you know, sex before marriage or smoking pot. Yeah. Next on my list is a body count of at least two victims, which there were three. So four out of five for me. That certainly checks it off. Weird. <laughs> yeah, um, it works in that regards, I guess. It doesn't feel like a slasher. Yeah. Fun and interesting, though. I will say that. It's not like I wasn't entertained by it. I think I would rather just be watching like American Psycho to see my smart business suit man picking up sex workers, <laughs> killing them, dropping chainsaws on them. Does he kill them? Who knows? I don't regret watching this movie. I'll say no, that. No, I don't either. Not at all. So, um, guess we got to thank Pete. Thank you, Pete. Thanks for making my son see nudity. <laughs> I was really scared that I was just going to have to see stuff about Mardi Gras. <laughs> Well, you are an adult now, though, so... But, yeah, man, this movie certainly made me thirsty, though. A lot of drinking in this movie where I was like, hmm, I could go for a scotch. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, that... I don't know. That does it for me. How about you, Brian? Does it for me as well. Cool, so head on over to our Tee Public store. Get yourself a Summer Slasher Camp t-shirt. If you... Don't check me on any of the social media. Uh, look up The Art of Dan Beasel. I've been making a comic strip lately. I don't make any money off this, but I did make a couple t-shirts for it. So if you want a shirt promoting liquid farts with the tagline of Taste the Poo Gas, I got one for you. So uh, check that out. There will be a link in the show notes. Contact us. Maybe you watch this movie. Maybe you just also dislike Mardi Gras. <laughs> Are you mad that you live in New Orleans and we kind of dissed it? Send us an email. Our email address is corruptedyouthpod at gmail.com. That is not a New Orleans accent either. We weren't trying. No. <laughs> New Orleans, it's kind of hard. Yeah, that one is kind of hard. It's a tricky one. It's interesting. Yeah. Hang out with us in the dongle done. Show us your memes. That's where you can participate in stuff once in a while, like Summer Slasher Camp. Um, we also... I've been kicking around a new idea for how we want to do this next year. And so it's definitely a place we'll probably ask there first. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be part of shaping the podcast, molding it into something that maybe you'd like more than what you just listened to. This is a podcast for the dongles. That's right. And speaking of which, thanks to you dongles, our listeners, and also thanks to our fellow podcasters like Pete, who suggested Mardi Gras Massacre. Go listen to his podcast, Good Beer, Bad Movie Night. There's two of them. One is like a sister podcast that's like from Australia. They just happen to have the same name. <laughs> listen to them both. They're fun. But on Pete's, they'll actually discuss beer. So that's pretty interesting. They do like a beer tasting. Hmm. We should do that too. Hey, after you're 21, we'll just steal their entire format. <laughs> <laughs> Claim it as our own. Good Beer, Bad Youth. <laughs> We're just two sloppily drunk idiots. Can't make it through a podcast. (laughs) Well, hang in there, dongles. Bye. Come, rock, dead youth.
Youth countdown to Helter Skelter. <laughs> oh, no, that's <laughs> no. 